Hi, Jackie. Hi, Sharon. Great, great to see you. Um, we were a part of a racial justice team uh, about a year and a half ago, and we met for about a year. Uh, we didn't really know each other all that well, but um, I don't know about you, but towards you know the you know the middle of the end, I started to feel like family. You know, so what what was it like for you to be a part of that experience? Um, I'll, I'll start. Um, so for me, it was really uh, my work at the time at um, Tufts University was as a diversity officer. And so since 2020, um, with uh, George Floyd's uh, murder, it was a big priority at the university to see change and to um, undergo a transformation of the institution and to be invited to do this at church yeah. was really um, rewarding for me. It was psychologically, it was such um, a great shift in my thinking because for a long time I saw universities, I saw the world engaging in um, anti-racist work, but I didn't see the church engaging in anti-racist work. So to be invited to be on that committee was really meaningful for me. That's great. That's great. I'm glad that was. Sharon, what about you? Yeah, uh, I think similar to what Jackie had shared, I think I was at a point in my own faith journey where I was wrestling with a lot of these things that um, a lot of just people in my generation, my peers, and I think our country as a whole at that time was just really wrestling with. And I remember thinking, how do I reconcile this with church when I'm, I'm seeing the church address it, but what does this tangible work in this area look like and how do we go about it? And so I remember receiving Pastor Jeanette's email and it had the words, I'd like to invite you to be part of the most important work or, you know, that Grace might undertake. And I remember being really curious and intrigued. And just over the course of that year, being a part of this team, I think I think I grew in just my recognition of how much I didn't know and how much there was to learn, but also just in a hope that, that there was so there were so many ways that the church could move forward and Grace Chapel could help both come alongside the work that churches were already doing, but then also lead in a lot of significant ways as well. Mm -hmm. And I think one one thing I'll share, I remember during that time, I remember there was um, significant points throughout that year too, there were, there were things with AAPI that was going on, other things. And I just think even this group being a space to process and think through and talk through, it was just, yeah, a healing bomb in a lot of yes. ways. Yeah, I mean, it was challenging. I mean, we had some tough conversations at times, but it was, uh, I, I would agree, it's just, it was very enriching, and I, I just learned so much from you and the other members of, of that team. Um, give, you know, tell us a little bit about your cultural and faith background. Uh, sure. So um, one thing I'll say is that it was being invited was a little scary to be on the racial justice team. And I, I'll talk a little bit about that. But my background, um, my parents are from Haiti. My dad came to the United States as a graduate uh, level exchange student sponsored by his government. And um, I was born in the United States. So my parents experienced racism as a cultural shock and I experienced it more as like a cultural norm. Mm. And um, I say that not to like compare us because I, you know, we're all equally traumatized, I think, by, uh, by racism, but just to kind of say that I have the perspective of someone who comes into the country with a lot of hope mm -hmm. 
and a lot of aspiration. And I see what racism does to that hope and that aspiration. And then I have the experience of being someone who was born into the limitations and the restrictions and the confinements. Um, And I've always looked to uh, faith to carry me through, um, to give me the strength to recover from the damage and the harm and, you know, continue to be the kind of person that I know Christ would want me to be. Um, so I wow, hope that's, that, that's powerful. I hope that yeah, No, your, no, yeah. that is, that's beautiful. And to see how your faith really affects hurt and affects, you know, how you view uh, the world and your own experience in it. Mm-hmm. But what about your cultural faith background? Yeah. Um, so my parents are from India, and they had immigrated to Oman in the Middle East um, in their 20s, and where they met and got married. And so I was born in Oman, um, and, and born and raised there. And then we ended up immigrating to the United States uh, when I was 12. So I spent the first, the early part of my life and most of my childhood there, and then continued on. Um, so came here right around I was starting eighth grade. Um, yeah, and then in terms of faith, I would say I grew up in a Christian home, but I would say I was not didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with Christ or really walk with Him until later in life in high school. I would say is when I really, uh, yeah, that just became real to me. Oh, that's beautiful, um, Sharon. You know, you know, when you think of Grace Chapel and your experience, how long have you been at Grace? Ooh, it's uh, a great question. Let's see. Probably about, actually about 10 years now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was on and off. I, I came right around my senior year of high school. We started attending and then I left for school, but I'd be back during break. So mm-hmm. on and off, like okay. somewhere in that ballpark. So yeah. what's your experience been like at Grace? I mean, um, positive or negative in terms of, you know, kind of this journey, this cultural mm-hmm. journey for you? What's that been yeah. like? Yeah, I think it's it's taken on different forms in different seasons. I think that I almost feel like in some ways I've grown up in the faith here at Grace. Um, and so I remember coming here in, in high school. I came probably right before graduation. So it was kind of an odd time to even come. And I remember prior to that, I had been part of an immigrant church when I came here. So that had been my experience where I kept come to faith and grown up. Um, And so I remember stepping into our high school ministry and stepping into a small group. And and I think just coming to a recognition that was the first time I'd ever been in a small group with people who didn't look like me, where I was talking about things Mm -hmm. of of faith. Mm -hmm. And, And I remember thinking back to that moment, just feeling just not not sure like how do I, I talk about faith I think the way I had known God and related to God from just based on my cultural upbringing mm-hmm. was was so different from what I was hearing others talk about so did it feel uncomfortable did it feel yeah I think okay. I just wasn't sure like yeah. I mean I knew I was walking with God and I knew how like I had a relationship with him but I just didn't know how to express that in a way that maybe people might understand me or I think there just were different ways of relating or maybe feeling misunderstood or I'm not totally sure um yeah, just how to how to reconcile the way that I saw God and and how I saw God expressed in my culture and into a completely foreign space for me. Um, so yeah, I think a, a little bit of adjusting. I think I remember not speaking much those first several months um, and just trying to listen and yes. and and hear and and yeah, I think definitely felt like an outsider stepping um, into a space okay. that I didn't know what to do with. Okay, and Jackie, how long have you been at Grace? And what's your, how would you say your experiences? What's it been sure. like? I started at Grace a while ago, but it was for a short period of time. Um, and I moved to West Virginia. 
And then um, I returned to Grace, I think in 2018, mm -hmm. um, to the Watertown campus. Okay. Um, and so I've been active um, in that church for quite some time. And I, I really love the life group. I think that was the way that I got connected yes. and um, they became my family. And yeah, you told me about your life group. It's a great, it's a great <laughs> life group. And, um, <laughs> You know, during the pandemic, we I learned how to play Rummy Cube because of my life group, and um, and we continued to play throughout. And, and your group eats a lot. We do, we do, we eat a lot. We uh, we gather together, and it's it's really uh, mm -hmm. everyone. Actually, I retired recently, and I invited my life group to my retirement yeah. party. So it was yeah. really nice to have them with That's me beautiful. at work. You know, with my colleagues. That's so good. So how would you describe your journey as a person of color in, in this space called Grace Chapel? What's that been like, positive or negative? Hmm. So if I could extend that space yes, a little can. before Grace, um, I mean, my, my experiences have been very diverse. So I was in a church that was predominantly black Caribbean. Um, and so it was very familiar. Um, very comfortable. And um, after that, I was in a church that was predominantly white. Um, and, you know, the, the difference is, for, I'll give you an example. I was at a women's prayer meeting and they asked us for uh, prayer requests. And my prayer request was, um, I'd like to pray to end racism. This was 20 years ago. Wow. Wow. And, um, the responses were, I thought that was just in the 60s. What do oh, you mean yeah. by racism? Wow. How does it, you know, how does it affect you? It's, you know, we, we're all Christians here, so it's not really a problem. And then uh, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly, we didn't end up praying about ending <laughs> racism. Um, and coming to uh, Grace Chapel, you know, having had like multiple experiences like this um, and coming to Grace Chapel, I wasn't expecting anything different. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was expecting to experience God um, and I was expecting to sort of navigate microaggressions and misinformation and insensitivity. Um, and so... I think that's why being invited to be on the racial justice team was so mm -hmm. impactful oh, yeah. and pivotal for mm -hmm. me because it told me that the church was willing to have these, mm -hmm. not just conversations, mm -hmm. but willing to it, go through a transformation. Mm -hmm. And I was already vested in participating in the transformation that was happening at work, that was promised at work. Wow. And so to have my home church make the same kind of promise, yeah. it, it really, <clears throat> I've always felt like a fractured person, mm -hmm. you know, and it really felt like for once everything was in agreement, mm -hmm. you know, that what I was doing at work, I was doing at church, I was doing yes. at home, and there was unity wow. there, and I didn't yeah. have to have two different mindsets. Wow. So it was really, it was a beautiful moment for me to be invited, mm -hmm. but also scary. Yeah.
Yes. I think all of us, when we first started, you know, when Jeanette invited us all to be a part of that, it, it, we, we all kind of came into it not knowing exactly what, what it was going to be like. And um, I think it took us a little while to kind of get a, a feel, you know, it, it, are we going to really be serious about this or what's going to come out of this? And will this be uncomfortable? Will it be painful? Um, and I think over time, we really, as we got to know each other, as we really heard each other's story, mm -hmm. um, we, we did develop empathy mm -hmm. with uh, each other's story. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, as a, as a, as a white uh, male, um, you know, it, it, I wondered what it would be, be like for me. Um, and, and, and so it was quite a learning experience. When, when you think of, um, relationships either at church or other relationships, um, you know, what, what do you feel has been helpful in developing empathy uh, in, in those relationships? What, what has been helpful to you personally mm -hmm. as you've grown in those relationships? Mm -hmm. Anything come to mind? Yeah, I think a couple of things came to mind. I think both with both extending empathy, but then also receiving empathy on the other hand I think with extending empathy I think um, just being willing to listen and be curious ask people and not assume other people's experiences has been huge for me um, I think particularly I think of moments during kind of the racial reckoning of, of, of 2020 and I think just sitting particularly with my black brothers and sisters and hearing their experiences and I distinctively remember just being move to sobs like I you know just kind of yeah. feeling the weight and I, I knew I was feeling a very small mm -hmm. portion of what so many that they were feeling but even I think I think just empathy is just that element of listening mm -hmm. taking on and then letting yourself feel the weight of it and feel uncomfortable and painful to the point that it disrupts your work day but I think mm -hmm. that's a lot of the heart of Jesus right just sitting with others and their and their weeping and their pain yes. and and not really knowing how to fix it or what to do about it, but even just the sitting, yeah. I think has helped me, um, just sitting, sitting in those moments has helped me um, mm. extend empathy. And then I think with receiving it, I think just, I think others doing the same thing toward me is mm. asking questions, listening to my experiences. I think caring about the whole person. So not just caring about my faith, but caring <clears throat> about yeah. my cultural identity. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think all these different parts of, who God has made us to be in yeah. his image. So I think just when others extend that, that same listening yes. year, that same curiosity, um, I think, yeah, I've just had the gift of receiving. Yeah, so both ways, this yeah. worked both ways, yeah. haven't it? Uh, what about you, Jackie? Um, I would say empathy is really hard. <laughs> it, it's it really is. hard. Um, I, I think about the power dynamic of empathy in, in terms of, you know, when you, when you are a person in the majority, you're in a position where you can think about your resources and how you can be available, how you can, what you can contribute. And when you're the person who's oppressed, how do you sit down with a member of the group that's oppressing you and extend the empathy of being able to say, here, I'm putting my trauma and my vulnerability out for you so that you can transform, so that you can be better, so that we can be in fellowship right. in a way that's healthy. Um, and so I think it, empathy is really, is, is really hard. And um, 
from my perspective as an African-American, when I engage in like dialogues around race, I know that to some extent I am making myself vulnerable to pain Mm -hmm. and I am accepting Mm -hmm. that I may be experiencing a trauma Mm -hmm. uh, in the process. And what fuels this willingness Mm -hmm. to allow my trauma is hope. Okay. I am hoping yes. that by allowing myself to be vulnerable, you can transform mm-hmm. because you can identify with my humanity mm-hmm. and you can see my pain mm-hmm. and you can say, okay, how have I contributed to this? What can I do to mm-hmm. change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm taking a chance because I'm hoping, yeah. Yeah. you know, wow. so, so that's what I would say. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, empathy is really difficult. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, you know, I was probably like that person at your prayer meeting mm. as, as a white guy s- saying, why do we need to pray about that? Mm. Racism, that's, that's mm. that we solved that one. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think for me being a part of this team and what my, really my empathy journey, if I could call it that, you know, began with... Uh, really began with the murder of George Floyd. And uh, I'll never forget being so impacted by that. And then uh, my 21-year-old son said, Dad, I'm going to the Black Lives Matter march in Boston. You want to go? And I'm like, yeah, okay. And that, that, that experience just was my North Star, became my North Star for a change for me internally. Because what happened was I just saw such pain, anguish, anger with my black brothers and sisters all around me. I mean, uh, you know, right there at the the state capitol, the steps. And I went home going, we, there's still a problem. There, there's a lot of pain, for, not just from the past, but the present. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in my journey, that just led me then to start having conversations, to start, you know, asking harder questions, reading, mm-hmm. you know. And the racial justice team was a, a big part of that, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I just admitted to you that I'm, I, I'm just like at the beginning of this journey. Um, and, and, and yet we found lots of other people wanted to talk about this as well. I mean, that's, we were so excited. 500 people joined Be The Bridge groups, you know, because there was a need to have more understanding and more empathy um, for the pain that was being experienced currently. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was a big shocker for me, that it was still being experienced um, by people of color. Um, and, and so that, you were a big part of that journey for me, so I am very grateful. When you think of Grace Chapel now, what, 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 do you have concerns about where we are in this journey, hopes for where we are in this journey? Um, oh, so... One of the things I hope is um, that regardless of what happens in terms of the momentum outside of the Mm -hmm. church, that um, we'll continue. Mm -hmm. That's one. Uh, The other thing is something that I notice happens a lot is erasure, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, that we sort of remember what we've done, Mm -hmm. why we did it. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, 
Myself, I grew up in New York City. I always thought the Statue of Liberty was honoring the immigrants from Europe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that long ago that I learned um, that the Statue of Liberty was uh, erected uh, in commemoration of emancipation Mm -hmm. of slaves. Mm -hmm. And uh, in addition to that, the design of the statue Mm -hmm. was different. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be torch and chain. You know, so torch in one hand and broken chains in the other. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the Americans were like, no, we don't want the chains on display, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I think whatever we do here, whatever whatever gets established here, that we remember why it was established Mm -hmm. and keep that history alive Mm -hmm. because we do have a tendency to just erase things Mm -hmm. because it's comfortable. It's uncomfortable to remember what we did wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, it's great to celebrate when we're doing right. Yes. And the temptation is to just kind of erase, you know, why, how we got here Mm -hmm. and forget that. So, yeah, that's good. That's, that's really good. Concerns, hopes for you? Yeah, I think, um, I think a hope for me has been seeing the progress, mm-hmm. <laughs> even over the last several years, I think, uh, I, you know, I know it was a big deal for, for Grace to even step into the space to even have the team come about. And, and so I think, I think there's been, been many ways that I've been pleasantly surprised that mm-hmm. Grace has been willing to step into this space and to press on ahead. Um, I think, and yeah, you know, <laughs> the cynical part of me feels like this is way too big of an issue, right? Like this Mm -hmm. has been happening for decades and centuries and the church has had an active role in perpetuating Mm -hmm. it. And so I think, Mm -hmm. I think when I, when I think about the hopes and I think about the concerns and look at the history, I think there is a part of me that is like, Lord, we can't do this without you, right? Like we can't keep this front and center um, because we're flawed and broken people and yeah, we seek what's comfortable. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think I'm I'm very hopeful. I think particularly Gen Z gives me a lot of hope, right? Mm -hmm. Like how much they just desire to love people. I was talking to a student recently and, you know, and she's like, you know, for all the faults of our generation, I think one thing we do really well is we seek to love people despite difference. And so I think, I think they give me a lot of hope, but I also know that there's institutions of power and, you know, yeah, there's just so many organizational factors that at the end of the day can, can push this to the back burner. Um, Yes. So I hold, I hold a lot of hope, but I also, I, yeah, I think I, I'm like, Lord, help us, you know, yeah. at the end of the day. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I think my, my concern um, is, is probably similar. I, uh, you know, I think I am concerned that this empathy that I've come into and others have been coming into uh, won't lead to real change. Mm-hmm. That the things that brought about these injustices won't actually be changed, mm-hmm. that I'll just be inspired or moved mm-hmm. and, and, and Grace Chapel will have conversation after conversation after conversation without real, mm-hmm. real change. Um, I heard a speaker recently that mentioned Martin Luther King said, okay, you know, the, the, the Samaritan that was beaten up and on the side of the road is just right. Jesus says, take care of that guy. Mm-hmm. But at some point we got to fix the road to Jericho, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that whole sense mm-hmm. that, that there are systems that perpetuate injustice and in, against all kinds of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. all kinds of people that are vulnerable. And, and that's, you know, when I, I just keep reading since all of this, just reading the Gospels over and over and looking at who Jesus cared for and how he cared for mm-hmm. them. And he cared for the marginalized. He cared for people that were invisible, people yeah. that everybody else said, forget them, you know, push them aside. Um, so I think that that's probably my my concern and, and, and my hope is that we will be about mm-hmm. real change. And with folks like yourself helping with that, that makes me very, very hopeful. Um, thank you so much for being a part of this, um, for the way you've enriched my life, um, for the way you've embraced me and my steep learning curve. Um, and... I really thank you for this. Thanks, Thank you. Richard.